Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us this week. We are in the middle of our boot camp preparation time. We're about six weeks away from boot camp. I was going to ask how many eaves that would be, but none of us could calculate it that quickly. <laughs> so we'll know as we get closer that we're going to be bringing that up. But uh, 35. 35. There, <laughs> see, there you go. Uh, a lot of eaves, but still, go register now, masculinejourney.org. Register for the boot camp boot camp coming up uh april 29th through may 2nd i had to think about it for a minute april 29th through may 2nd and robbie you're going to kick off the first of the next like six weeks we'll be doing some boot camp talk uh shows based around the talks that some of the that we do at boot camp and you've got the first one so yeah they're absolute fantastic you know we love doing the radio show but oh my goodness if you would come join us at boot camp um that's where we really have a blast. And God is inviting us all to kind of awaken our hearts. And so the first talk that we do at Boot Camp, the invitation, and it clearly is an invitation. And when I heard this talk the first time, I can't even believe what it did to awaken like smelling salts, things that I had forgotten that were down in my heart that, that God really wanted to come after. And so this first talk is very much an invitation. It's called the core desires uh, of a man's heart. And, and, you know, we've forgotten who we are in, in so many different ways. And so the neat thing about this talk is it comes after these three desires that we're going to talk about in today's show and then the after hour show. But the first of those desires, it's, it's called a battle to fight and so it's kind of cool that King David himself, if there was somebody that you might think of and the masculine journey kind of guy in the Bible would be King David. And in Psalm 119, verse 32 is a critical verse that is on display in this talk. And, and, and the verse reads that I will run in the path of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. And what David is saying there is that wouldn't it be just how amazing would it have the freedom to run with everything you have knowing you were going the right way? <laughs> because you're only going to run with everything you have if it's something you really, really, really want. And so there's some desires that need to be awakened that clearly in my own life I realized you know, was through these boot camps that I needed this invitation. And this first invitation is a battle to fight. So we're going to jump right off with a, a clip. Sam, if you want to set this up, because to, from my standpoint, here's an invitation 
for children of all ages. <laughs> yeah, this, this is from a movie that you would think is a kid's movie, but it's anything but. It's called Secondhand Lions, and it's about a boy named Walter that goes to live with his, his two uncles. His mom just drops him off there. You know, and they don't really want him. He doesn't want to be there. And, and they develop this relationship. And this is early in the movie. And one of the uncles, Hub, has had a heart attack and has just gotten out of the hospital. Instead of going home, he goes to have some barbecue <laughs> with his brother and his, uh, his nephew, great nephew, whatever it is. And so we pick it up. And, and Hub's feeling rather useless just coming out of the hospital after a heart attack. Brother, someday you're going to have to start acting your age. Let me. All your life, you've never been frightened of anything. So what's eating at you now? Getting old? Dying? What then? Being useless. When we were young, there was always a reason. There was a point. Things made sense. Now there's no point to anything. So what do we do? We garden. We outlived our time. Brother. We're busy. Boy, get lost, all right? <laughs> what did you say? Here's a perfect example of what I've been talking about. Since this boy was suckling on his mama, he's been given everything but discipline. And now his idea of courage and manhood is to get together with a bunch of punk friends and ride around irritating folks too good-natured to put a stop to it. <laughs> hey, who do you think you are, huh? Just dumb kid, huh? Don't kill him. <laughs> Hub McCann. I fought in two world wars and countless smaller ones on three continents. I led thousands of men into battle with everything from horses and swords to artillery and tanks. I've seen the headwaters of the Nile and tribes of natives no white man had ever seen before. I've won and lost a dozen fortunes, killed many men, and loved only one woman with a passion a flea like you could never begin to understand. That's who I am. <laughs> so, well, we didn't mention he's actually choking the kid. <laughs> Getting his attention fully. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting that here you've got, like we talked about, children, so children of all ages. Mm-hmm. But there's still a desire to fight a battle. There, there is for any young child that you'll ever meet. They don't play army for nothing, right? And and they don't play tetherball for nothing, you know. And I just would, you know, I would encourage the audience and then, and the guys in here with me. What were the games? What were the things that you, when you were a kid, that you played that made your heart come alive? What you know? What did you want to do? Right? We played army constantly, tetherball. You know, we had this, just as an example, we had a tether ball out in the yard that obviously I got a chance to beat my brother's face in with this regularly (laughs) because, you know, that was part of the idea was to hit him squarely in the nose, you know, if all possible. But I also had this habit of melting my models so that it looked like they were in war scenes. So I had these airplanes that hung from the ceiling in my bedroom. And so I'd regularly take them out there to the tether ball court because it was rocks and I would light them on fire in different positions so they look like they were crashing you know that they had taken on the nazis and all this stuff back in the day you know we were always fight the germans <laughs> or the japanese it's just you know what it was 
so this particular day the the model just wasn't burning like it should you know it, it and so there was a can gas can i used to do the lawn it was just seemed natural mm-hmm. that you would you know use this gas and so speed this, things up a little bit i, I failed to realize that the model was still smoldering so as i'm pouring the gasoline on the tetherball you know the, the model all of a sudden woof, the, you know the flame goes up into the spout of the tetherball again starts to shake like you know and i realize there's going to be a bad explosion so i kick the gas can over at which point in time five gallons of gasoline pours down the driveway lighting up you know eight ten feet in the air and this happens to be the exact moment that my parents are coming up the driveway in their car. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, didn't. Did you ever clean a driveway with a toothbrush? It just it, it's it's hard. But the point of it is, is that, that you know, there's a battle to fight, and whether it's the Germans or whatever out in the tetherball court, you know, there's stuff that has to go on. But Sam, a lot of time, you know, pastors think it that came from an evil heart. Yeah, you know, when I when I think back to that clip we just played, the boys are trying to find an adventure. Mm-hmm. They're just picking the wrong things to to be adventurous with, mm-hmm. or they're trying to pick a battle, and they're picking the wrong battles because they don't know what to do with these desires that are healthy, and that's where the church kind of a lot of times falls back to the passage where it says in scripture that the heart is is evil, mm-hmm. it's wicked, right? Which is true before you accept. Christ is your Savior, your heart becomes a new heart, in new creations in Christ, all those other things that we hear about as we become Christians. But, you know, sometimes the church wants to try to keep people from sinning, and so the focus on the heart is wicked instead of helping them understand how to move into those desires in a, in a healthy way. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Scripture, you know, uh, uh, Proverbs 4.23 is, uh, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it issue uh, comes the issues of life. Well, the point is that saying it's, it's not like that. It's talking about be evil being in your heart. Your heart is the source of all your being and what you want to do. And if your heart is dead because you've killed all desire in it because everything is evil, you'll never be able to really live and experience. It's just a matter of fixing what the object of your desire. Is. I think that's the biggest thing is we get confused on what our our object of our desire should be. Yeah, I think we either we either end up killing them right or we misguided take them to other places. Right. So John Eldridge says, you know, the passage in Genesis chapter 1 where it says we were made in God's image both male and female is one of the most important things that you'll ever read in the scripture. And the point is, is that we were made in his image. And so some of the things that we see come out, even in the smallest child, right, yep. are in fact the way that they were designed. Mm-hmm. And so if you put any group of little boys, right, in a swimming pool, do they break out into synchronized swimming? I mean, it's do they? No, no. I mean, it's it's cannonballs and dunking and, and because they're they're going to they're going to they're going to find some kind of battle mm-hmm. put them in a in a in a field full of snow give them a football what might happen uh, yeah. you know it's going to be on isn't it jim yeah, absolutely i mean uh, i grew up out west where the the dirt was nice and clay like and uh, all too often uh, we would find ourselves in the construction areas of new homes and this made perfect places to entrench and completely 
bloody each other with uh, dirt clods and you know if it oh, had a rock you. in it the bonus bonus <laughs> <laughs> so and, and, and one of the hugest enlightenments for me in, in this whole subject was oh my goodness you mean to tell me that this something that you know people have been trying to take out of me my whole life is this battle to fight whether that's emotionally or whatever. And I know some people are saying, well, I don't like the bloody scenes in war movies. And I don't, but my, let me ask you a question. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, okay, how do you feel towards that person right that moment? Like, are they zipper merging on Harold over there, right? He's a computer programmer, and I, I, I get it. But believe me, you don't want to be on the other end. And, and so are you for that matter, Jim. Right. I mean, if, to me, there's the, the problem you have nowadays is there's too many – uh, counterfeit battles. If you you know know what's going on, Facebook is full of them. The the battle has to have integrity. It has to have a reason for heroism to to right a wrong. And all too often we get caught up in the wrong fights, the wrong battles, and they're counterfeit. Right. So a battle to fight. That's we got a lot more to talk about in that in the second segment. But the whole idea is this is an invitation for an awakening coming to the boot camp april 29th through may the 2nd go to masculinejourney.org and register while you're thinking about what if one weekend wasn't up to you that you could go and god would orchestrate it all masculine journey boot camp basic training designed to give men permission to be how god made them passionate warriors for the kingdom based on john eldridge's wild at heart experience four days purpose for god to come after and perhaps reawaken dreams and desires he uniquely placed in your masculine heart masculine journey spring boot camp coming up april 29th through may the 2nd go to masculinejourney.org and register today Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. Masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Andy, we're, we're talking fighting the good fight here. So, you, you know, you picked that bump in. And so, yeah, I like that song. I always have. It's not fully scripturally uh, accurate, but that one particular part is in the chorus. And, you know, we are in a battle. Uh, you know, just to speak a little bit about the whole battle to fight as as i had grown up and understood spiritual battle at an earlier age and when i started coming to boot camps i realized that i really hadn't been engaged i had pretty much tapped out and uh just wanted a nice quiet peaceable life which scripture wants us to have that for ourselves but we are in a battle and i think what what we struggle with as men is what does that look like we know we're not going to go supposed to go shoot somebody like it's saving private ryan but we do have a battle a spiritual battle to fight and we have to keep our heart engaged to do that so oh there clearly is and the the reason why we actually talk about that very first thing at boot camp it's one of the entry points is because you're going to be fighting a battle your entire time while you're at boot camp Mm -hmm. right you're you're going to be contending 
for your desires, you're going to be contending that, oh, I didn't really need to, you know, there's going to be a battle all along the way. So we want to set this place like this is a good thing, that that you do have an enemy, and we're going to get into that a lot throughout the boot camp, but at this point in time, let's just realize that God put this in us. We are trained from birth to take this on. So did you have something, Rodney? You want to- no, I just, just along those lines, we always talk about men wanting to fix things. Well, that's a part of the battle of the fight is fixing things, fixing the wrongs that are in the world, the unjust things that are in the world, and wanting to fix them. Right. That's, that's a so, huge part of your heart. So we got a clip here that I want to get to. It's called The Contender. I call it The Contender. It's from the movie Santa Claus. And we, we had the old guys, right? But here we're going to come back with a kid by the name of Charlie from the movie Santa Claus that I'm sure many have seen with Tim Allen. But I want you to listen to this scene with new ears. You've heard the scene probably or seen the scene many times where Charlie finds Santa on the roof that, You know when he slides off. And, and I'm hoping you're familiar with the scene. But when God calls Israel in Deuteronomy 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Well, the word Israel means contender, okay? It just, Israel, Jacob wrestled with God, and so he got the name, you know, God wrestler. And so this is a battle. And, and so one of the people that we love to battle, if we had good fathers, and I hope many did, like me, like I loved to wrestle my dad. He was like Iron Man. Like I could really test my strength when I wrestled my dad. And, and I know that Sam's boys love to to wrestle Sam. And so one of the ways that we wrestle with dad is we wrestle emotionally. Now, when you listen to this, you may think that Charlie's not respecting his dad. He's not obeying. There's a lot of things that you may think that we would want to take out of this particular child, but don't take out of him the desire to you know to believe. And to see what he's believing as he contends, you know, with his dad, Scott Calvin, later Santa Claus. I could have been a contender. Dad! Dad! What? I heard a clatter. What, Charlie? There, a clatter! Charlie, what are you talking about? I don't know. It came a big noise. It's coming from outside. Charlie, it's just the wind or something. Come on, let's go back to bed. Somebody's on the roof. Maybe it's Santa. Not now, Charlie. I want you to sit here, and I want you to stay right there. Hey, you! What's up? Whoa, whoa! Hey, buddy. You should just stay still. Perfect. You got him! Charlie, stay where you are. Charlie, would you listen to me? Stay up there. Did not. And he's not Santa. Well, he was. He's got some ID on him, I bet. Fella, if you can hear me, I'm just looking for identification. Once you figure out who you are, I'll, I'll give you a lift back to the mall. Look here, Dad. The Rose, such a ladder company. Huh? Out by the roof, there's a Rose, such a ladder. Just like the poem. Just like the poem? Charlie, come on down from there. Charlie, get down from there! Don't touch anything. It's great. I'm just going to call the police. I'll carry the stuff up there and let them deal with it, okay? <laughs> Dad, check out Santa's sleigh. There's no such thing as Santa's sleigh. Sure there is. You said you believed in Santa, right? I did. I do. What about the reindeer? Hop out of it, please. I don't want to go. 
Listen, Shirley, I'm not kidding. Let's go! There you go, Sam. I mean, you know, you got this young boy whose heart is coming alive. Like, if you saw the beginning of the movie, he wanted nothing to do with Christmas, wanted nothing to do with Santa, and all of a sudden, that desire is awakened in that boy, and he not only obviously gets a chance to go on the ride of his life, but he takes his dad along with him. Yeah, I think it's an important time. I think it does start initially in the in the household. You know, uh, you guys have been around my boys and I at camp, and it's constantly one of us punching each other, shoving each other, or whatever. And it's it's out of love, you know, that it's it's done. The other night, Eli would just not leave me alone before he was going to bed, and he just kept flipping me, hitting me, until he made me get up. And that was his whole goal, so he could wrestle with me a little bit. You know, and my kids have long been, been able to, to beat me in wrestling, and I know they probably realize that, but that still doesn't mean they don't want to test themselves with Dad. You know, we were talking earlier on the social media. And I think if you just really look at social media under this topic of battle to fight, you realize there's a desire there and it's all over the place. You know, a lot of you go, well, I wouldn't pick that battle or I wouldn't pick that battle, but it's not a lack of people having a desire. It's a lack of knowing where to put it. Right. And, and there's three core desires. We're going to talk a lot about in the after hour show, the other two, because we're just, sticking with battle because we want to highlight that one being that's the one that really you carry into boot camp going okay i need to fight for my own heart you know god made me very uniquely with the desires that you have and quite often the movies that you love the what the games that you played when you were a kid they are giving you an indication of the things that God put uniquely in in the way that you, you know, do life. And, and you know, I'm lucky I have a little brother, and, and we talk sometimes because he went to boot camp with us. Like, you remember the time we got the BB gun and we shot Skipper Wagner? I mean, who could forget that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never forget it. Anybody who's come to boot camp has heard that story, which you don't get to hear unless you come to boot camp, right, Rodney? You got to go to boot camp. I mean – Think about how many battles you've been in over your lifetime to this date. They're not stopping. They're coming. There's more coming after this. Knowing exactly, like Sam was saying, how do we choose? And then once we choose, how do we enter? You know, it's not to go in and beat people up, and it's not necessarily for you to go win. The battle to fight is to get in there and do what's right and be more righteous in what you're trying to do rather than just oh, I'm going to show you, I'm going to make a name for myself, you know, and I'm going to call somebody else out. No, no, no. You're, you're in the wrong, wrong place. Get your heart right. Well, one of the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the main things that we do in this talk is we hold up two pictures. Because we figure if you could get a good look at a Jesus, if you could get a really good look at Jesus, you would find out what God had and intended for you if we could become this man. And so we hold up two pictures and you've often heard us use the, uh, the scene with William Wallace, you know, calling those men into that particular battle and saying, does this sound more like Jesus or do you think that it's Mr. Rogers? Not that Mr. Rogers wasn't a wonderful man and all that other stuff, but so many people think that a good Christian man is supposed to sound like Fred Rogers. Well, when Jesus was clearing the temple, right, 
he he had a little different sound to his voice. And, and when you hear William Wallace in that speech, what he says is, right, that, oh, yeah, lying in your bed someday, right, well, you wish you could trade all of those so that you could come back just one day and face your enemies? And, and, the, and the idea is straight out of the gospel that he who will lose his life will gain it. And so there is a battle that is more important than the physical life that you have on earth and believing is seeing Jim. And I think I think we lose track of who we're battling. We have an enemy in this world. And that enemy is constantly trying to separate us from our father. And you know, uh, I have a scripture verse on my wall in my office. I do not battle against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this dark world. And it's so true. We we often want to personify the evil in this world when in reality it's the enemy it's the devil that's our true enemy in this world and that's who we're constantly fighting yeah and why would we have armor if we didn't have a battle right who needs you know a shield or a breastplate or a helmet or you know the the belt of truth if if you didn't need it I think one thing that's important is that we, if we have younger kids or teenage kids or whatever, that we enter into that when you see them rise up to battle, right? And and you don't squash it, right? You may try to give them some advice, but you let them step into that because it's training ground. It's training ground for them when they have to face the next big battle and the next big battle. Right, that first bully, you know, it's coming, yeah. right? The kid... And God calls you out. I was reminded this weekend, it's like John Eldred says, look, when it comes to spiritual battle, there's no there's no practice. It's all live fire that we're receiving. It may come at a younger age, and it may be different, but it is all live fire. So the training ground is an enemy truly trying to take, like what I think John uh, Jim said was your connection with the Father, but also your hope if he can steal your hope to where you there's no point in battling he's got you for eight months billy kilmer squished my lunch (laughs) every day at school that was his deal i'm gonna squish his lunch and that went on and one snowy day i'll never forget it he squished my lunch (laughs) once too often (laughs) was it soup that day (laughs) and i just punched him in the nose and it bled and i was oh man look at that and then it was on he had to have the big you know shoot out at the okay corral <laughs> that fight literally changed my life you know that i you know at some point in time they yep. can't keep taking away your lunch and so we get a chance to do that don't we sam we do and we'd encourage you to go to masculinejourney.org register for the boot camp we we barely even scratch the surface on this first core desire. There's, there's so much more that we're able to unpack when we're at camp. And, and more importantly, God can unpack it at camp and say, this is where I've called you to be in the battle. This is your unique place and how you should uniquely handle it. MasculineJourney.org. And then after hours. This is the Truth Network.